Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. Hi everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Does that sound weird? And this is Hyphenated. I don't know why saying that feels like I'm doing it wrong every single time. Because you say it every time and so it becomes like a weird alphabet soup. I'm like, is that a word? It isn't. Did we make it up anyway? Yeah, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> I have a question. What TV shows are you watching right now? Uh, Loki. Everyone is watching Loki. I thought people were saying low-key. I, I thought that they were trying to tell me, like, it's low-key something I don't want to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, everyone, everyone's talking about Loki and alligator Loki specifically. Yes, everyone's talking about alligator Loki. What a sick. I just started Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. I saw, like, one episode. Yeah, I'm not into sports at all. Me neither. I was with my nephews and I was like, so what do you guys want to watch? And they were like, I don't know, maybe Wolf of Wall Street. And I'm like, perfect. Yes, that's that's a good idea. And I played it. And I don't know if you guys remember Wolf of Wall Street. Um, but in the first in the first minute, there's like cocaine being snorted out of an ass. There's like No, I recall most, this. How oh old are your God. nephews, dude? 13, 12, and 7. <laughs> and they wanted to watch Wolf of Wall Street. It, it was the most shocking <laughs> dos minutos de mi vida. I was like, oh my Ay, God. Ay, Dios mío, bro. What a shock. <laughs> oh my God. Get, like, I have secondhand embarrassment for you in that moment when you're watching the cocaine ass moment. I had to change it. And so that's why we went to Ted Lasso. I was like, all right, this, this feels like at least PG-13. Because here's the thing. Like, I remember being a kid with my parents and watching, like, a sex scene or watching something oh my God, inappropriate yes. and muriéndome la pena. But Qué I've never pena. been on the, on, the, on the older person end. I've never been on the <laughs> parent end. And here I was just like, oh, my God, this is worse. Like, th this part, this me, because it's my fault. You are fucking up their minds. Their young, impressionable minds. Young, impressionable minds. And listen, Jenny, speaking of young, impressionable minds, today hmm. we wanted to talk about TV and sort of how television has influenced us, what type of TV we consumed, and, you know, specifically how it morphed and merged into our comedy in some way. And, you know, a while ago we were talking and I sort of really embarrassingly admitted to you that I consumed very, very little, if not like any, Spanish comedy when I was growing up. And you you did. Yeah. I don't know if it was a Miami thing or just my family, but I grew up watching a ton of Univision uh, programming specifically. 
Not so much Telemundo. I feel like when I think about Telemundo, I just remember people in my high school being like, oh my God, there's like a really racy Brazilian novela. Wait, so Tele- Telemundo was like the HBO? I guess, and maybe. Unision I don't was know. like network television, like CBS? I, guess- <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong. I just remember them being like, oh my God, no. Like the novelas on Telemundo are like way more sexual and whatever. I feel like Univision was mostly like novelas about like little girls in pigtails who are orphaned or like... I always remember seeing this like heavily mustached viejo vaquero living in La Finca and like car crashes and just like absurdist. More slapsticky. Yeah, for sure. On Univision. But outside of novelas, I remember watching a ton of Chespirito, El Chapulín Colorado, Cantinflas, and this like Venezuelan sketch show. <laughs> Oh God! Called Bienvenidos. I, Jenny, I, te lo juro por mi vida, I'm so embarrassed. I, like everyone, every time I'm talking to Latinos, they're like, "Sí, sí," and they like drop all these like names of sketch shows and and like comedy bits, and I I don't know any. It's like it's like my my blind spot. It's an embarrassing blind spot for me that I'm like really como que insecure about. I, I mean, I don't think it's something you should feel bad about. Well, I sort of do because I just very early on started consuming English comedy and English TV and Mm. everything from Friends and The Office and SNL was always part of my life. And I guess I just, I never, I mean, I watched a little bit of El Chapulín Colorado and I remember my nanny, um, I wasn't allowed to watch Sabo Gigante. Like my mom was like, you can't watch this. And I would sneak (laughs) into her room and watch Sabo Gigante. I found it to be like, incredible and what I'm telling you when I was like six years old so there's something about those shows that like function like cartoons because I was six and didn't really follow any of the nuance but it was so colorful and bright and like movement and characters and changing and yeah como que a little bizarro and heightened and it, it just felt like a real life cartoon to me and but after that uh, I, I just sort of let go of that I I just I just stopped. It was never really part of my day to day because my grandma on my mom's side would watch Univision and telenovelas, but my dad's side like there were they were Jews with thick accents and Spanish and they didn't watch that stuff. They watched other things. Um mm. so I never really incorporated myself into that part of of culture. And you know how many times I've done like, como que en, entrevistas, interviews in Venezuelan radio, and they like they bring up the equivalent, like a character that is really well known mm-hmm. in Venezuelan sketch comedy that is the equivalent of an SNL like um, Dick in the Box. Yeah, and I'm just like blank, and I feel like such a cheat because I'm a comedian oh, <laughs> from this no. country, and they're like, "Ay, tú sabes," and then I'm like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, everyone had a, a different upbringing. Some people didn't weren't even allowed to watch TV. Some people I know didn't have a TV in their room. Some people, you know, were raised in really religious households and they could only watch like Salty's Sing Along and like stuff like that, or like Veggie Tales, you know. So, you know, I, I think there's no shame in that. I, I completely understand what you're talking about. I feel, 
you know, sometimes I'm like, damn, I'm so glad that I actually caught half this shit because, I mean, Spanish was my first language. And so I think that's why I watched so much Spanish television up until age four. And then when I went to school, I started learning English. So then again, my parents are very Americanized. They're Cuban as fuck, but they're, you know, my mom's like, I'm going to make meatloaf every day. And so with them, I watched more American television. I, I was a big fan of Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse and Looney Tunes and all that stuff. I started consuming Nickelodeon and Disney. Uh, and my mom actually wasn't as into Spanish novelas. She watched All My Children. I'm named after a character on All My Children. So my mom- I, That always blows my fucking mind. <laughs> I Yeah, you know, she was killed off. Um. <laughs> I'm like, way to go, mom. I have like a really bizarre memory as a four-year-old choking on a Triscuit because I was eating it upside down on my mom's bed while she was watching all my children. <laughs> Yo, this is like the telenovelas. You know how telenovelas people die for like the dumbest reasons and survive the most ridiculous things? This was wh where your character should have been killed off. It's eating a Triscuit upside down on a bed. <laughs> but yeah, no, I... And you know, like what I... And I kept watching Spanish television even until... I was a teenager. Um, it brought me comfort. I think, especially as a child with OCD, you try to find ways to be as comfortable as you can. And for me, Spanish television was that. And again, I think it's because just the Spanish language, it made me more tranquila than like English. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes no sense, but it makes sense to a mentally ill nine-year-old, you know? Mm -hmm. And so more than ever, I started consuming these these shows that I mentioned earlier. Um, and I, and, then it, and ultimately, it did, they did inspire me as a comedian, especially like characters like La Chirindrina and La Cuatro because they weren't hypersexualized. They weren't the butt of the joke. They weren't just some bimbo bending over to pick up yeah. something and then like, El Viejo Sucio abusing of them. They were like straight up characters that you would see on like SNL or Mad TV. And they were genuinely funny. So they really inspired me. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. I have this feeling that a lot of the comedy that I at least like didn't watch or, or avoided when I was living back in Venezuela felt very exaggerated and mm -hmm. there was always a clown or it was just so over the top and they it was still just use so clowns bro bizarre it was a mix of like slapstick and then also inappropriate humor and i'm not saying all the humor was like this but i think a lot of it sort of was and we see it unfortunately represented and stereotyped in a lot of uh american shows like in the simpsons and Basically, any time that there's a quote-unquote Spanish TV show, they always make it this ridiculous confluence of, like, a, a clown on a donkey with a trumpet. But then it's always not that far away from that. I feel like it's, like, 
I'd turn on the TV and there's always a bunch of things that shouldn't be together in a shot. And then what you said, there's a lot of the times it was like a really sexy woman. Yeah. And then the humor was like, oh, let's make her bend over. Yeah. Yeah. It was embarrassing to me as a woman. It, it was a little embarrassing. And, I'm, and obviously not all of it was like that. Like like you said, La Chilindrina wasn't like that. There's there's a lot of sketches and, and stuff that weren't like that. But I guess the, the sort of stereotype or generalization of, of TV and comedy in, in Latin America sort of is sort of that. And, you know, I was so curious, like thinking about why this type of humor was is so prevalent mm-hmm. in Latin America. Because, for example, Japan, right? In this Japanese comedy show, they just put a lot of comedians in a room and they basically have to not laugh. And they're there for like 24 hours and they have to not laugh. Ugh. And I realized that a lot of the things that made them laugh was things about shame. So talking about how shameful they are, how they bring shame on their family. And it's <laughs> shame. because it's a, shame. It's, shame. shame. it's because it's a culture so based on respect. And, you know, anything taboo in a culture is usually something perceived as funny. And, you know, there's a reason why, you know, Jewish humor or or at least the humor I I saw in my family and I see in my family and it's sort of prevalent in, in Jewish comedy and Jewish television is like, Really dark humor is funny. Yeah. And dry humor. Really dry. Like you read the short stories of Shalom Alehim, who who basically about the shtetls in Russia. And they're all this like really horrible stories about like human dread and awfulness. And they're always making fun of like a shlemiel, like a, a poor guy that has such bad luck because Jews have bad luck that it's just <laughs> everything goes wrong and that's funny. So it's always about... I think it's just about making fun of the reality within their society that makes like comedy comedy. But so I just don't understand or what is the reason why a lot of this Latin American comedy is the way that it is. Like, is it because it needs to have broad appeal? It needs to appeal to a six-year-old in her nanny's room, like trying to watch something with a bunch of like half naked women. And it just, you know, I, I just need to follow it. Is it because it has to appeal to a bunch of different countries? Is it because it has to appeal to literally everyone? Like wh- what is it about that type of humor? Why is it there? I, I just don't get it. Even beyond just television, like in terms of variety shows and sketch shows and sitcoms, I also found the commercials to be over the top. And it's funny because you would see the English version of like a Crest commercial that was airing at the same time as the Spanish version. Uh-huh. The Spanish versions were always so annoying to me. And I don't know why. They were super pesado. Wait, really? Yeah, like... Wait, like what, what was like different oh about Oh my them? God. They were just corny. Like they were much cheesier or what, they would try to replicate the English version I used to say this to my classmates and shit. Man, Spanish TV is really behind, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to comedy. This stuff isn't funny anymore. Why do they think this is funny? <laughs> yeah. Whereas the American commercials were starting to get more clever and bizarre. I mean, look at like all these like car insurance commercials and Geico. even Skittles. <laughs> Skittles was super weird and, and thinking out of the box and very adult swim type humor. And yeah. so... That, to me, that's where I started seeing the difference. I'm like, damn, these commercials suck. They're not funny at all. They're so corny. It's really, really corny. It's what you said. It's so weird. I was watching early 90s movies uh, from the States, and they were corny and, like, like slapsticky and dumb. And then I'm like, oh, but look how it's sort of changed and how <clears throat> you've seen different types of 
film and TV and more like grounded realism in The Office and Parks and Rec. And I think that it is happening in Latin America, but just on a smaller scale. Like, okay, it gets to Mexico and it gets to one show in Mexico. Or, oh, it gets to Argentina and it gets to one movie or show in Argentina. Or like there's there's a different way of doing comedy in Chile. But the grand scheme of it, I think it has to be cheesy and like over the top because it has to be broad. Because it has to appeal to everyone Therefore, I mean, I don't know. Okay, tú le has enseñado the office to one of your family members because that's like one of the, I sh- I show a Latino boomer the office, oh. and they're just like, ¿Qué es esto? My mom like, hates it. <laughs> my sister, my sister's husband, me and my husband, we are obsessed with the office. You come to my house, I have a Michael Scott doormat. I have Michael I Scott that. pillows. I have quotes around the house from the. I have all kinds of like. You have Michael fucking, Scott pillows. I do. <laughs> And so my mom, like I've tried so many times to show her, and she's like always, she's not mean about it, but she's like, man, you guys love it, the hombre. And and I was thinking about it. I'm like, I wonder if it's because my mom is Latina, and she doesn't get dry humor. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, I, it's funny because like my dad gets dry humor, and my mom gets a little bit, but a lot of dry humor just, she just doesn't get why it's funny. Yeah, I think it's because they're just what they were not exposed to it. You know, in these shows, the realism of it is what makes it funny that it feels real. And a lot of TV shows in Latin America, like the comedy is so fake. It's it's a it's a fucking adult dressed as a child living in a garbage can. Como que, obviously that's not real, but the realism of it feels almost too real for them. I feel they're like, I no 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 no, ¿qué es esto? Or like, bueno. oh, it's so subdued. It's so subdued, and like, oh, there's a there was a really uncomfortable moment there. That's hilarious. But like, they don't see the nuance of uncomfortability and like really grounded. Como awkwardness. So we've talked about how the word awkward doesn't exist in Spanish. You're freaking right. And awkward is so much of American humor or what they call humor gringo. Awkwardness <laughs> does not exist. Like historically doesn't exist in Latin oh my American God. television. I mean, it ha- I mean, a lot of my now stand-up comedian friends and, and, and comedy actors in Latin America obviously know how to do it and they're incredible at it. But like the the you know, staple shows don't have awkward humor as the humor. No, it's very slapsticky. And I feel like even though most of these shows were meant for adults, they feel like a kid's show. <laughs> they, they have the same energy of like a fucking, you know, say, um, big comfy couch. What's super over the top? The Wiggles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I show que si el chavo el ocho to my American friend Chris, and he was like, yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is happening here? This is insane. Like, what yeah, is happening? It was, and it, and yeah. it was incredible satire about, like, inequality in Latin America. Like, th- there was, like, important messages in that show. It yeah, isn't yeah, to yeah. say that it was dumb. But, no. like, the, it's so over the top in its execution. That it just, it's, it just feels like a kid's show sometimes. And I think it's because it, it what we talked about, like, it needed to appeal to, like, everyone. Yeah, and I think even with my stuff, right, like, m- the inspiration for what I do, where I play, like, these characters, I remember being terrified of bringing the Abuela character out because I'm like, no one's gonna, everyone's gonna be like, yo, this bitch is, like, in her late 20s early 30s like she's not an old lady this is whack right but then i forget like spanish television was all about these outlandish these adults playing kids like hola niños hoy estoy aquí en la escuela like they're just very like dora the explorer fucking wackadoo but then black television is similar because look at 
Look at shows like Martin, where Martin Lawrence played multiple characters, like so, and Armadia, like, it seems like black audiences also really love over-the-topness and, like, characters and stuff like that compared to, like, I don't know, Anglo audiences? I don't know. Because mm -hmm. I love I love slapstick. I, I wish there was more slapstick, honestly. It's what made I Love Lucy so goddamn funny. Well, I also think that as women, and I hate being like, I, I, you know, my nephew is always like, can you stop talking about feminism? Because I'm always trying to, like, <laughs> teach him about, like, women's rights. And he's like, shut the fuck up. We're just playing Mario Kart. Um, but as women, like, very few shows or movies or whatever I felt like I could be in. And I think oh, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I, I think I just stopped. Because I wanted to, I knew I wanted to do this stuff. And it, it isn't to say that it didn't exist. I know that it existed. It was just like, in a lot of it, in a lot of the over-the-topness, it was a lot of over-the-top sexuality or over-the-top women being the woman of the scene or over the, you know what I mean? And it just, oh, yeah, yeah. it felt off. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Mm. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. Latin American TV almost feels like vaudevillian in nature. It's not serialized. It's like disconnected one thing from another. It's just jokes. Like it just doesn't feel like narrative is a particularly important element of these shows mm -hmm. like i think of el chavo el ocho for example they're just in the same alley yeah and that's pretty much it <laughs> like that's it that's <laughs> all that happens like and i feel like now in in the state what we see is we have a lot of cable and and streaming and all this stuff that has to compete with like movies it has to compete with these things that grab people's attention and take you on a journey And it feels like a lot of the TV shows that at least we grew up with produced in Latin America, it, it just felt like it, it just needed to be produced to, to fill a vacuum of time in a slot yeah. versus create a, a narrative that people talked about at the water cooler. Yeah, no, I definitely can see that. It was just very one and done. Like, you know, there was, I never remember feeling like, you know, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in the next episode? Like... <laughs> Oh, I wonder what's going to happen in the next episode of the show. Oh, he's just going to still live in a garbage can. Like, that's yeah. you know what I mean. Like, it all felt more in the realm of sketch comedy mm -hmm. than, like, a, a narrative. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like, I guess we're m making a lot of comments about a lot of these Spanish language shows and, and Latin American shows. But what I will say that I do appreciate, none of the characters are perfect. Like, yeah. every character is utterly flawed. And it, yeah. it is funny. Flawed characters are funny. Perfect people are not. Yep. And and I think a lot of, like, stuff that is being produced in the States for Latinos, they're trying to depict Latino characters as perfect. And it's never going to work. Absolutely never going to work. We are fucked up. I'm sorry. Like, my abuela, may she rest in peace, love her to death. But she said some fucked up shit. <laughs> You know, and I had to call her out on it. Like, if I came out to my abuela as bi today, she would have had a patatus. Again, it's the Archie Bunker model. 
Like, Archie Bunker was fucking racist, but it's not that the writers and the showrunners and the network are agreeing with racism. It's that these are real people. Racist people exist. People that with fucked up ideologies, people who are ignorant, ignorance being a big one, right? It's not like we're going to write an outright terrible, like, KKK abuela up in this shit. But it's like, we, everyone has their biases and their prejudices and their shit that they're ignorant about. And if we don't express that in comedy, it's not going to be funny. If everyone is this woke, perfectly progressive character across the it's board. It's boring as fuck. It's not going to be interesting. There's not a lesson to be learned. I say this all the time, but Que Pasa USA did it brilliantly. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you watch Que Pasa USA, a bunch of the episodes, by the way, are on YouTube. They touch upon homophobia, racism, cultural differences and generations and stuff like that. And they do it brilliantly because they allow the flawed characters to be flawed. Yeah. And that is the best way to, to educate through comedy. Exactly. Not making all of the characters woke. It's just not authentic. It just is not. As a Latina, it just, it makes me mad. <laughs> I know that's it's so counterintuitive because I'm like, oh, I do want a character that is homophobic and that we can laugh at. Oh, I do. Because I, I, these are parts of our culture that need to be recalibrated and yes. fixed. And I don't want to fix it through someone preaching at us. I want to fix it by creating a character that has, like Michael Scott, all of these things wrong with him. And we laugh at it and then we say, oh, I don't want to be like that. I can laugh at him. Yes. And I think that, you know, I, I, I every time a new Latino show comes out, I'm like, oh, God, please. Please have someone be fucked up. Like, be, have someone have an abuela that uh, they have to hide the fact that they're gay from. Ha, like, show the reality of of. There's a lot of issues and problems in our culture, as as there are in every single culture in the world, and we should be able to make fun of it and not pretend we're perfect. Like, there's this like sort of desire to show how wonderful we are through perfect characters, and that just comes off as fake and not real. And Cringy. And you lose your audience real quick that way because I personally get turned off when I see that. I'm like, damn, yo, this isn't reality. I think that's what black television did a really great job with, you know, in the 90s. Mm -hmm. That's a, a lot of my favorite shows were black sitcoms. And I think it's also because they would roast the fuck out of each other. Like so there were so many <laughs> moments where in Fresh Prince and Martin where they would roast the shit out of each other. They were just so mean to each other. But it was done brilliantly. You can mm -hmm. tell there was a lot of love there. And I feel like in today's television, they're scared to yeah. like do that. They're scared to like, oh, we can't make fun of him for his height or we can't da 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 da. In my videos, there's a lot of roasting. And I think that's why Latino audiences are attracted to what I produce because of that element of imperfect. Yeah. The, uh, a lot of the characters, almost all of my characters are flawed. Yeah, because they're funny. And people, people know those flawed people because they, they literally know them in real life. Yes. And, and I, and you know, like your comedy reflects reality. And, you know, now I'm, I'm writing for a TV show and, um, there's a part in one of the episodes where the Latina mom says something, just a joke about how long she's done a, a family tradition. And I get a note from the legal department saying like, oh, you're making fun of Latinos because like, 
you're basically saying that their family traditions go back all the way to primates and basically you're calling Latinos primate. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What? What the fuck mental gymnastics did you have to make for you to see something wrong in a Latina making a joke about her family? Like, why why are you censoring comedy? Was this person white? <laughs> yes, of course they were white. Claro, <laughs> they, was, oh, oh my, my God. God. Um, and for me, I'm just like, oh my God, if we're being censored and being told to be perfect because people are afraid that if we write an imperfect character, we're saying that Latinos are all imperfect, then we're fucked because imperfections make people funny. And if we need to, if we have to do comedy, we, we just got We got to get a little dirty. We got to be roasting. We got to be, we got to have a character that has, that's severely problematic. Like we, we need all these things for, for something to be, porque déjame decirte algo. I think there's something about psychology here. I don't want to see someone that's better than me. <laughs> that doesn't make me laugh. I don't want to, I don't want someone who's perfect making me laugh. I just, I don't find it. I'm like, bitch, no, go away. I, I want to turn on the TV and watch someone that isn't, that is worse than me because <laughs> I feel bad about yeah. myself enough already and that's what The Office does and that's what a lot of these Latino shows do you know it's like it, these people are fucking fucked up and it's funny and and it, and at the end of the day it is satire they make really grounded points and I think that this American wave of of sanitizing it is 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 problematic I always use the metaphor or the example of um, parents buying a cereal brand that's like secretly healthy, but the kids don't know because it looks like candy. Lucky charms. Lucky charms, but you know, you're getting your vitamins. Um, you're basically, it's, it's a weird form of just tricking your audience. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you how wrong it is to be homophobic through these flawed characters but you have to allow them to be flawed and that's where the humor comes through because everyone is like oh my god yeah everyone has a homophobic deal yeah maybe not 30 40 years down the line when gen z gets to <laughs> no but and right I now everyone has a homophobic deal yeah like i know so many boomer latinos that are like they hate on pronoun usage they hate on gender um fluidity they hate on gay people and like Again, that's why, at least in our generation, as things are now, as Latinos, it is not realistic to have, like, multiple generations in a family be extremely woke and progressive and as utopian as that might be, it's just not reality. It's and reality... It's literally impossible. Remember that book? I'm sure you read that book. Like, I got this book in college. It's called Truth in Comedy. Comedy is yeah. about... What makes it funny is that it's true. It's why stand-up comedians why do why are they so funny it's because we relate to them it's about yeah. relatability if we cannot exactly. relate it's not funny you don't see a stand-up show and someone go up and be like hi i'm progressive and amazing and um there's nothing wrong with me except i'm a little clumsy anyway here's my point of view no one wants to fucking hear that <laughs> if you wanted to go to a comedy show that was just there to teach you things without the perspective of of relatability then you go to a sermon like that you know what i mean you just have people yeah. tell you what to believe <laughs> that's no not it what, is that's and, not and what I, entertainment is and it's not what entertainment is and no one likes to feel like they're being preached at when you're watching a comedy yeah and it's not easy comedy is not easy honestly comedy needs to be taken more serious seriously Yo, take comedy seriously guys that's yeah. what psa <laughs> yeah 
I mean, I remember Conan O'Brien once saying comedy is serious business because he was he was talking about the fact that in the writers' rooms, everyone was dead serious. Comedy is is very tricky. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and you're gonna look. You're gonna upset some people. I remember one video that I made had abuela extremely flawed, and there were some comments like, "I don't like abuela here." <laughs> And I'm like, good, you're not supposed to. She's fucked up. Yeah. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, she was hating on this Puerto Rican girl for not speaking Spanish and, like, judging her and her body and not eating enough. And uh, and, and these are things that abuelas did, yo. That's yeah, like, straight up. Like, come on. Like, and, and that's how they are. I'm like, abuela is a loving, nurturing woman, like my real abuela, but she had her shit we're bicultural people we consume things in multiple language with multiple cultural points of view and stances but i think universally this is the truth it's like relatability and imperfections make comedy i feel like we have latin american tv and american tv for latinos and they both have the opposite problem a lot of latin american tv and comedy we see a lot of flawed characters without being really clear on what the perspective and point of view of those characters are. And we're not sure if we're laughing at them or with them. But then Latino uh, content created here in the States, like Latino shows, are the opposite. It's like they sanitize the characters so that there's no question about misinterpreting their point of view. But then they lose their realness. And it's the opposite issue. And we just got to get to the middle. As someone who is trying to break into TV writing out here in, in L.A., what I've noticed when it comes to a lot of Spanish television today is that they're trying to make it for a wider audience, whereas black television is making their shit for black audiences. And that doesn't mean that you, as a white person or an Asian person, can't consume and enjoy black television. It just means, like, these creators, these showrunners, these networks are allowing black stories to be told from a very specific lens that's designed for a black audience like this is for you guys this is for you like black shows like fresh prince and, and i i martin i i watched those shows i loved those shows you know what i mean and i'm not black so in appealing to your specific audience it will be beloved by everyone but if you're trying to appeal to everyone then you're fucked for black shows, they wanted to bring a black audience. And then for Latino shows, they're like, oh, in order to make this work, we got to get everyone on board. Everyone needs to understand and watch this. Yes, it's happened so much. And and I, I'm tired because so many times when I've met with networks, you can sense it coming from them. It like reeks <laughs> off of them. Like, it's not mainstream enough. I've been told that my stuff is too Latino. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with that, yo? Like, my sketch comedy is specifically tailored for Latino audiences. And I get real specific sometimes about Cuban culture, Miami culture, and I have audiences from all over. I have purely white Anglo people that don't speak a lick of Spanish, and they are grateful that I put subtitles, and that's enough for them. So it's it's upsetting because it's never going to work. When you water something down, it's not going to be funny to anybody, to anybody. No. And if you're disregarding the target audience, you're, you're, you're especially fucked. And we've always said you have to be specific for comedy to work. When you make a broad point of it's, view. It's not going to work. And it's just not going to work. And you just see it's it. It's not going to work. 
Next week on Hyphenated, Jenny will talk about how she went to another vegan restaurant. And Joanna will probably have another anxiety attack. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego.